we're praying on Tuesday, it's um, prayer. And just really going for, for healing. Uh, the, the Lord wants to restore his healing ministry to the church. And you've, you've watched, if you've been here for you know, the last few years, you've watched him restore salvation. There will be people that give their lives to Jesus probably later on, in, a, in fact, in a few moments. Um, but he, he wants his witness in his church of his healing power. And, and that's, that's on his agenda for here, so get ready. And I don't often start with a text. Normally when I teach, I kind of take a section of Scripture and we kind of teach through it, which I'm going to. But the, the, there's been a verse that's been going through my head all week, and it's from Acts 4.13. And it, the opening of it is, Now they, they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, and they marveled. And then this is the bit I want you to take with you. And they realized they had been with Jesus. They realized they had been with Jesus. And I want to, what I want to talk a little bit to you today is about being with Jesus. So as we come to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he has given us instruction. Okay, now we get to do it. It's one thing having the instruction but we also have to, to, to do what he said to do. You see, you can be um, taught and taught and taught, but it's all the theoretical until you actually get to do it. Years ago, when I was in my 20s, I wanted to surf. And I was um, with some friends in California, and they said they'd teach me to surf. So very excited. They get me a surfboard. I thought we'd go to the beach, but they actually went to someone's front garden. And so we, we, we arrived, the surfboards in the front garden. I had to lie on the surfboard, you know, like you have to paddle out. If you've seen Hawaii Five-0 or anything like that, you have, to, you have to paddle out. And then when you want to catch the board, you have to jump. And it's, they call it, I think, if I remember right, they called it a snap. And you, had to, you have to get from flat to standing on the board in a moment so you can ride the wave. So I'm in this front garden and, they go, and they're teaching me how to do this snap and jump up. And, and um, so the, the neighbours start coming out. And so there's a little gathering around the front garden and they're all cheering me on. You know, they've got an English guy they're going to teach to surf. They're all giggling a little bit. And so I'm lying down and I'm jumping up. I'm lying down. This is going on for hours until I, till I can just in a moment jump on the surfboard and I'm, I'm, I'm surfing. And they're all cheering and saying, you know, you're doing great. And so I, and I, I, I turn around and go, I'm a surfer. I can surf. And one of the problems is that often in church, that's how we treat the Bible. Where, you know, I've learned it. I know how to do it. And they said, no, actually, now we're going to go to the ocean. And it's not quite as easy to surf on the ocean as it is to surf in someone's front garden. And, and so anyway, so we, I, I don't think I even finished the story for the service. Anyway, so I'm paddling out and, um, you know, wave hits me, knocked off the board. Paddled out again, wave it. Anyway, one, I get this wave and I snap up and I'm riding a wave, apparently for 1.5 seconds, okay? 
okay? Before wham, I'm straight back. But I surfed a wave, okay, in Southern California. (laughs) You see, you're not a Christian because you've been to church. You're a Christian when you've been with Jesus. That's how it works. When we used to, when when I was young at school, when we used to, we used to have this silly saying, you know, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. You know, and that's and that was our that was kind of our our, our, our line with people because they go, oh, I've been to church, so I'm a Christian. No, you're not. You're only a Christian when you've met Jesus, and when you're walking with with Jesus. So. We're going to read a few verses from Matthew uh, chapter 7. So get your Bibles. Here we go. You got off without standing last week. You're not going to get away with me. Come on, stand up. We're going to, this is, this is the Word of God. And, and do you know what? As we, as we go into living and doing it, it's so important we believe this book. This, this, these are not my words. These are the words of the living God. They're, they're, his promises are here. You can take these words to the bank. Okay, here we go. So verse, uh, where are we? 13, chapter 7, Matthew, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but bad trees bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Take a seat. Three things. Then we're going to move quick. Enter by the narrow way. What is the fruit like? Have you been with Jesus? Three things. So first, enter by the narrow way. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross. He says, if you want to live for me, if you want to walk with me, pick up your cross and follow me and enter by the narrow gate. It's a difficult journey. And you know, in a minute, I'm going to say it's the best thing you ever do to give your life to Jesus. But Jesus says, this is difficult. This isn't easy. If this was easy, everybody would do it. Why is it difficult? Because everyone around you is taking the easy route. And Jesus is calling you to a higher place. Jesus is saying to you, I want you to follow me along the narrow road. Lots of people take the, the, the wider road and it leads to destruction. I want you to walk with me and I'm going to lead you to life. He says, few find this, but not in this room, right? In this room, we're finding Jesus. What he's referring to is the, the, the world, 
They don't, they don't know this. They haven't found this. So the narrow path is choosing to be with Jesus. And what I am saying to you, will you choose Jesus today? You see, before you chose Jesus, you did as you pleased. And it got you into trouble. It certainly got me into trouble. Because you could walk anywhere and do anything which you wanted, which led to disaster. But he took your sin upon himself and called you to walk with him. And it was paid for at the cross. And as an aside, we'll come to it if we get time, he also made you fishers of men. So he takes your sin, he calls you to walk on a narrow path and he says, now you're gonna be fishers of men and women. And, and if you wanna know what the wide path looks like, if you want, I gave the example a few weeks ago, but why don't you just carry on in my pain? You know, if you wanna go into a bus lane, you can go into a bus lane, who cares? We can do what we like. I went into a bus lane by mistake. The bus did not care whether I was in there on my own free will or by mistake, it still hit my car. It led to disaster because I'm in the wrong lane. He's not gonna, it's not gonna stop. Jesus says, I want you in my lane. So when I followed Jesus, I picked up my cross I laid down my life and I chose to walk with him in his lane. And I trust him to keep me out of the other lanes. And I've now walked with Jesus. I did the maths in the week, 47 years. I don't look that old, I know, but I, I have. <laughs> so what is the narrow way? Well, do you know what? Sometimes the narrow way is just normal life. You're just getting on with life and you're walking with Jesus and you're going, you know, is this it? Sometimes it, that is it. Um, sometimes um, it's quite scary. Sometimes I have to obey Jesus and not do what I want. Sometimes I'm lonely because other people want to go the other way. So they want to do their thing and I'm on my own. You know, my narrow way, sometimes I can't see because it's dark. Sometimes I'm walking by a cliff and I'm terrified I'm going to put a, a foot wrong. But I know I'm heading to a better destination and it's called eternal life. That's the destination Jesus has called me to. Do you know, do, do some of you know C.S. Lewis? You know, one of the great things about being a parent, you get to reread the Narnia Chronicles. Okay, and they're not just kids' books. They're just a brilliant representation of the Christian life. And anyway, one of the not so well-known one is the horse and the boy, and his boy. And, and um, there's, a, there's a lad called Shasta, and this is a little excerpt. What put a stop to all this was a sudden fright. Shasta discovered that somebody or, or someone was walking beside him. It was pitch dark, and he could see nothing. And the thing or person was going so quietly that he could hardly hear any footfall. What he could hear was breathing. His invisible companion seemed to breathe on a very large scale. And Shasta got the impression that it was a very large creature. And he had come to notice this breathing so gradually that he had really no idea how long it had been there. It was a horrible shock. We'll put a pause there and we'll carry on in the story. You see, when you 
choose the narrow path, there is a lion walking beside you. Jesus. And in this story, Shasta starts to offload his story. And ironically, how he hates lions because he was chased by a lion. And it's, it's upset him. And, uh, you know, as you're walking along this narrow path, people will tell you all sorts of stories why they don't want to walk along the narrow path. The one I often hear is, well, you don't understand. I stopped walking to, with God because he didn't do what I wanted him to do. You know, so now I, I feel let down by God. So now I'm doing my own thing on my own path. Ever heard that one before? The, the whole thing about being God is that he's God and you're not you know, there's, a, there's no such thing as a no Lord. You know, the, the, the God is God. Anyway, the, the conversation with Shasta continues. I was the lion. And as Shasta gaped with open mouth and said nothing, the voice continued. I was the lion who forced you to join with Aravis. I was the cat who comforted you among the houses of the dead. I was the lion who drove the jackals from you while you slept. I was the lion who gave the horses the new strength of fear for the last mile so you could reach King Loon in time. And I was the lion you do not remember who pushed the boat in which you lay, a child near death, so that it came to shore where a man sat, wakeful at midnight, to receive you. He says, I was the lion. And you see, when you take the narrow path, the Lion of Judah walks alongside you. You see, you choose the path with Jesus. You see, you choose his path, not your path. You see, too often we're asking him to bless our path. He doesn't bless your path. He calls you on his path. That's what repentance looks like. Turn around. I'm not blessing your journey. I'm calling you to my journey. That's what it looks like. Okay, number two, what is the fruit like? You see, everyone follows someone because we're fishers of men. And if we're fishing men, people follow us because we're, we're telling them about Jesus. We're witnesses for Jesus. In the early church, it was, there was a dispute. You know, some said, well, I follow Paul. I follow um, Apollos. Um, and Jesus isn't say, saying, don't follow people. He understands that we follow his representatives. Jesus is saying, watch who you follow. Okay, people will often lead you off the narrow path. So what he's saying is be careful who you're following. Follow somebody who's walking on that narrow path. You see, there is a narrow way and along the narrow way, he's saying, look for the fruit Look for the fruit in your life and look for the fruit in the lives of the people you're following. You see, and then he says this, he says, beware false prophets that look good, but they eat you. And what, it, what, it, what, he, what he's saying is watch out because false prophets, he is not their food, you are. And they come and devour you. So, and he says, you will know them by how many followers they have on Instagram and how famous they are. No, that's not what he says. He says you will know them by the fruit of their lives. Look 
at the fruit. And he's saying a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Look, if you're, I've got an apple tree in our, our garden, okay? Well, actually, it's in the neighbor's garden, but it gives me apples, which I'm very grateful for. So, um, uh, so technically, if, if it's in my garden, my apple, right? Anyway, um, we've never had a banana off it once. It doesn't do oranges. It doesn't do bananas. It only does apples. Why? Because it's an apple tree. What Jesus is saying is if you're rooted in me, if you're on the narrow path, you will only do one kind of fruit, good fruit. Okay, but if you're on this path and that path, there's all sorts of mess. And, and he's saying, so if you're in me, if you're walking with me, the fruit will be good. So it's really easy to see when people are walking with Jesus because the fruit is good. Their life is changing. There is a transformation. You know, what does the fruit look like? Well, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5. You know, love. Uh, they, 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 their attitudes of people change. They're not talking about people. They're loving people. Um, there is a joy. I thank God every morning that he gave us the joy card. You know, there were so many miserable Christians, but he didn't give us that one. He said, you can praise me and dance. Thank God there is joy in this place. That's what happens when you're walking with Jesus. You can be on a narrow path, but there's still joy. There's peace. There is a quiet about people walking with Jesus. So there's joy on one hand, but there is a, there's a peace of just knowing that our lives are in the everlasting arms of the Lord. And we might be walking by a cliff, but there is a lion right there by us. And we just keep walking with him. The long suffering. You know, I, I'm, I'm all, I, I love people that have really followed Jesus. You see the fruit in their lives, but they often have a limp. Why? because they've been through difficulties and the Lord has rescued, but they kind of walk with a limp. I, I don't trust anyone that hasn't got a limp, all right? Because because it was Jacob, was it? <laughs> Argues with God and he gets, a, he, gets a, he gets a limp. You know, we, we have a limp. It's a sign that you're, you've pushed in and you've done business with God. Um, goodness, generosity, kindness, moral integrity, faithfulness. We talked about which way do we lean. This really, that word faithfulness means lean upon the Lord. Lean upon His faithfulness. We know which way we go. Um, and, and then gentleness, humility. Humility doesn't mean weakness. Humility just means knowing who is God and who we are and, and that we're grateful for His grace in our life. And then self-control. There's not loads of scandals around people. Why? Because they're bearing good fruit. You know, prophets, you know, how do you know if you've got a good prophet? Well, they don't, they don't make a name for themselves. They want to make a name for Jesus. You know, they, they speak the words of God because if a prophet doesn't speak the words of God, if he speaks his own words, they get stoned in the Bible. And the, the, the other test is when they prophesy, it comes true. It's true, test it. Or uh, apostles, they're not superstars. In the Bible, apostles get shipwrecked, beaten, misunderstood, thrown out of churches. That's, it's, that's one job description you, you just don't want. That's why, why we don't have many titles here. You know, I'm an apostle. Yeah, you know what's coming next. Oh, oh you know, I'm, a, I'm a prophet. Well, you better well be speaking God's word. Otherwise, big trouble. Whereas, you know, 
I'm Steve and I'm just following Jesus as fast as my fat little legs will carry me. And I, I feel that's much safer, much safer. <laughs> what was I talking about? Uh, <laughs> Jesus says, follow people who, who bear fruit that lasts. People who've obviously walked with Jesus. We're nearly done. And finally, have you been with Jesus? Jesus tells us we'll be clothed with power. We will do greater works than He did. We want to see healing in this place, but the power and, and the works are different from the relationship. That's why He says, I never knew you. You can be operating in power. You can be a powerful person. But if you don't have relationship with Jesus, He says, I don't know you. Jesus came to know you. There are no shortcuts we must learn to walk the, the, the narrow path. Sometimes it's dark. There are often difficulties, but we learn to overcome. Why? Because there is a lion walking alongside of us. And I, what I want to say to you is we're seeing a lovely move of God here. Wonderful blessing. How do we stay there? And I want to really encourage you to have fixed points in your week where you do business with God where you walk with Jesus, because it's so easy in the good times when His blessing is upon us to get sidetracked off the narrow path. And I want to say, you know, um, every morning, start the morning with Jesus. You know, it's me, Jesus, and Milo, my dog. And we're, we're out walking. And this morning, it was pouring with rain and I'm just I'm praying Lord if we can get as much blessing in church as there's rain falling from the heavens we're going to have a good morning because I was drenched but I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to start every single day with Jesus reading the Bible it's non-negotiable in the week, have points where you come and encounter God. Come to revival prayer. Come to student church. Go to new life. Go to school of transformation. Go to groups where you will meet with Jesus. You know, it, it, you will, if you want to thrive in the presence of Jesus, be amongst his people. Be where Jesus is. You know, are you praying? Are you fellowshipping? It, are you worshipping in the week? Yeah, I when I was when I was a teenager, they made me throw all my non-Christian music away and just listen to Christian music. And I, I don't think I'm quite there now. You know, I'll occasionally listen to a bit of U2 or ELA. You don't even know who I'm talking about. Don't let me. Um, and I don't know who you listen to. Um, but can I just say something? It didn't do me any harm at all because I had God stuff going into my life. And now it's so easy to worship. You can just put YouTube on. You can, you know, listen to the music these guys make. But just getting in a place of worship, whether it's your car, whether it's your bedroom, whether it's your, you know, an office somewhere, whether it's your earpods, whatever it is, but to get into God's presence. And then, then coming on Sunday, are you ready to worship? I, and that's, I know you are because you're straight down. Um, but, but understanding that we're, when, when I'm all, I've been doing this now, I've been leading the church for over 30 years, and um, I'm normally the first person here on a Sunday except for Jesus. He's always here before me. I've never come and he's not here before me. Because this is, he loves this. He loves his people gathering into his presence to worship.
And just understanding that when, when we come into his presence, he's been here waiting for us. And then finally, you know, did, you know does Jesus know your name? She said, luckily, she's sitting in the same place. Uh, Felicia came up to me a couple of years ago and she said, do you know my name? And I'm, you know, I'm like, no. <laughs> and not, you're not to test me, all right, today, because it's not fair. And she said, well, I'm Felicia, so you'll remember next time. I love, I love that about her. I love that about her. And do you know what? God loves it. You don't need me to know your name. You need him to know your name. And, and my prayer this, this year is actually that, that, that when I pray, I'll change the, the temperature in the room because God knows my name and he knows my prayers because he's placed his prayers on me. And he wants that for every single one of you. And as we look at um, living the life that Jesus has called us to live, does Jesus know your name? And I'm telling you, he does. Okay, but do you know he knows your name? That's the, that's the biggie. And when you walk in the room, do you understand that everything changes when you walk into the room at work or at university or, or, where, or the supermarket or your, your family? The room changes because God knows your name. So be with him. Because you don't want him forgetting your name if you never show up. That makes sense. You want, when you walk in, the angels are going, Felicia's there, now we can start. <laughs> That's what happens when I know your name. <laughs> but I, but I, mean, I mean it. I, I do think there is this dynamic in heaven. Oh, oh, she's there. Well, let's get going then. Because we know who she is. And we, we know she wants, she wants Jesus. Okay. Oh, dear. Um, okay, I can just... One more thing and then we're done. I can tell when someone's been with Jesus and you can tell when someone's been with Jesus, okay? Ladies, when you've been with Jesus, okay, there is a beauty and a peace that is powerful. You become more powerful when you've been with Jesus and there is a longing and a love that is unquenchable. I've seen it so many times. Guys, when you've been with Jesus, there is a courage and a purpose. Because I, I, I know you know we're different, right? You know God created men and women differently. I know popular, you know, there's a little confusion everywhere else, but hopefully there's not any confusion in here. He created them men and women. And when men have been in the presence of God, there is a courage and a purpose that rises up in them that is unstoppable with a, a meekness that is royal. It's not a, 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 a lording power, it is a royal power. You, you see, when you're royal, you don't have to worry about your power because it's who you are. And that's the difference between men that are lorded over or who just simply walk in with a meekness, just like Moses did, who led a million people out of Egypt. Why? Because he was royal. Because he worked for the king. And then both of you walk, of us walk in the anointing. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit more about in the coming weeks, the anointing of the Spirit on our lives. When we're on this narrow path, walking with Jesus, the anointing comes upon us and changes how we live. 
You see, there's one sure way of keeping on the narrow path. Keep your eye on Jesus, the author and perfecter or finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross for you and I. Keep your eye on Him. Know where He is. There's a few distractions that will try and take you off. Girls, gold, glory. If you're a girl, it might be guys, gold, glory. Okay? One girl, your wife or your husband. The gold and the silver belong to Jesus and never touch the glory. That's what it looks like walking on the the narrow path. And then we can pick up our surfboards and we can go out into the ocean and we can catch some waves together. And that's what we do next. Yes? I'm done. Why don't you stand up?